What is up guys and welcome back to a very special episode of the podcast. The Lord definitely put something on my heart today to share lots of fun stuff, lots of theology, lots of scripture. So I'm super duper excited to share with you. Um, It is a special episode just because it is very, um, as all my episodes are, very relevant to my life right now. But I feel like a lot of people are really going through things right now. And I think that this message... um, that the Lord has put onto my heart will definitely be encouraging to you guys, um, which is honestly my heart behind all of the things that I post on here. I want these messages and these um, podcast episodes to be encouraging to you. I want them to um, encourage you to spend more time with the Lord and to just understand that God loves you so much and that he desires to have a relationship with you and to work in your life. So, Uh, Today we're just, we're going to go into it. We're going to talk about trusting God when you don't understand what that looks like, how to do it, um, and just what it looks like from a biblical perspective um, and what God says about it. And so, uh, as usual, let's pray real quick and then let's get to the juicy stuff. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you that you are loving, that you, in obedience to the Father, took the cross on your shoulders, took our sins, you wore them, you became sin, and you died on the cross for us, Lord. I thank you, uh, Father, that you are a good Father. I thank you that you love us, that your love is unfailing. Um, I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for all of the parts of our lives, good, bad, ugly, pretty, hard, easy, all the things, God, that you are in control, that you are good, that nothing happens to us outside of your will, knowledge, and purpose. Um, and that you work all things for our good and for your glory. And so, Lord, I just ask that you would um, remove in us anything that's not of you, Lord, that you would remove any roadblocks in our hearts or in our minds from truly trusting you um, and from moving forward in our relationships with you. God, I just ask that you would search our hearts and that you would show us if there's sin in our heart, Lord, that has been um, unrepented of, Lord, and that we would just lay it all down at the foot of the cross, Lord, that we would take up our cross every day, and follow you, Lord, that we would make right um, the things with people in our lives that we have done wrong, Lord, that we would apologize, own up, ask for forgiveness, and that we would just represent you well. And Lord, I just thank you for uh, who you are and everything that you've done. I ask God that through this word, Lord, that um, through your word, God, that um, it would not be me speaking, God, but that it would be the Holy Spirit at work in me. And Lord, if I say anything that isn't what you intended, Lord, erase it from the minds of the people listening, Lord. And I just ask that only what you want each individual to hear and to know and what they need to hear and know would come through and would stick in their minds, God. And that they would leave this podcast episode with a hunger and thirst for your presence, hunger and a thirst for your word, and a deeper understanding of who you are and of how much you love them. And God, I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, like I said, we are going to be talking about trusting God when you don't understand. And there's a lot of things in life that we're just never going to understand. Why something happened, how it happened, what was the best course of action, lots of different things. And that's okay because we're humans and we don't have the full knowledge, the bird's eye view, the understanding that God does. But it doesn't make it any easier because life is really hard and we go through very difficult things. Um, and a lot of times, you know, we, we feel cornered. We don't know the next move. We feel like there isn't a next move. We feel like we're boxed in and 
we don't know uh, how to proceed or what to do or what something means. And there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of uncertainty um, in our circumstances. And one of the biggest things I think overall in the course of my life that I could genuinely say that the Lord has really anchored me down in and reminded me of is that God is trustworthy and he is faithful to provide what we need when we need it. He is faithful to bring us to the places and the people that we need to be in and around. Um, And he is faithful to work it all out in a way that is glorifying to him, that is good for those around us. And ultimately, not ultimately, but um, undeservingly is the more correct word, Um, undeservingly good to us. We are not deserving of any good thing and it is simply by God's mercy and his grace upon our lives that he still blesses us despite um, our choices and despite the sin in our hearts and in our lives. Um, It's by God's grace that he reconciled us, his free gift, the gift that we don't have to earn, the gift that we don't have to work for, but a gift that he has given us, the gift of salvation, of reconciliation, um, and the gift of knowing him. And so... Um, I know I say this every single episode, but we really need to break down um, our flesh and break down our minds, break down our hearts and really get to the core of what God's word says and who God says that he is. Because if we understand at least to a little bit, or if we, uh, I guess understand it's not the correct, most correct word, If we uh, ground ourselves in what God's word says about God and about our circumstances and about us, we can more powerfully walk through this life. We can experience peace. We can experience God's goodness more uh, intimately and more in a real way um, than if we just endlessly walk through life. You know, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I read God's word sometimes, whatever. And so I really want to emphasize the point that when we don't understand or when we're going through difficult things or even when things are really good, we need to rest on God's promises and we need to relinquish control and trust that God is at work in all things. And it's all for God's glory and for our good and for the benefit of all of those who are around us. Um, God's will ultimately in our lives is to be conformed to the image of Jesus, that he might be exalted, that he um, might bring many people to salvation. Um, And today's anchor verse, I kind of have like a little plan for how we're going to go through this today because there's a lot I want to talk about. But um, I decided, well, I didn't decide. The Lord decided that the anchor verse for today was going to be Psalm 33 This morning when I was reading Psalm 33 and Psalm 43 were um, on my heart. And so I read Psalm Psalm 33 this morning and I was like, wow, this this is really good. So Psalm 33, 4 says um, in the NIV, For the word of the Lord is right and true. He's faithful in all he does. Um, And one habit that I have kind of picked up is comparing translations. And I think it's really helpful um, because the English and Hebrew and Greek don't really translate properly in each other. And so um, I pulled from the King James Version, the uh, Christian Standard Bible, and the New 
revised standard version. I think that's what it stands for. Um, but the King James says, for the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. Christian standard Bible says, for the Lord, for the word of the Lord is right and all his work is trustworthy. Then last but not least, NRSV says, for the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. And even just in the English language, quite simply, all four of those translations of Psalm 33, 4 are very comforting because it starts out by saying the word of the Lord is right. That's it. God's word and what he says and what he um, tells us in the Bible is right. It is righteous. It's true. All those good things. And then the second half he is faithful in all he does. All his works are done in truth. All his work is trustworthy and all his work is done in faithfulness. What God does and what he says is done in faithfulness. We know that God is faithful. We can trust that he is good. We can know that he's trustworthy because his word says so. And we'll dive more into that in a little bit um, about God's word and breaking it down. But first, I want to break down Psalm 33, 4. A super fun tool that I love to use um, when I'm really studying what scripture says is um, the Blue Letter Bible. So if you Google the Blue Letter Bible, you can insert any scripture and it will show you, um, depending on, of course, where in the Bible this scripture is coming from, either the Hebrew or the Greek word from its original um, writings or, or manuscripts. And so we can go and I searched uh, Psalm 33, 4. And the two words that I wanted to look at, specifically um, in the King James, it doesn't have this available for all the translations, just a couple of them. Um, but it has a King James version, so I just selected that since I was already using it as an example. And just as a refresher, King James version says, "For the Lord is, word of the Lord is right, and all His works are done in truth." So I looked up the word "right," um, and it is this word "yeshar." And it means, um, it translates as right, upright, righteous, um, equity, just, uprightly, uprightness. Um, and then it has like a little outline of biblical usage. So how it's used in the Bible in other areas that this specific word in this context is used. And it just means straight, upright, correct, right, pleasing, straightforward, fitting, proper, righteous, um, all of these things. And so you could enter or trade trade in e- any of those words. So for the word of the Lord is righteous. The word of the Lord is just. The word of the Lord is correct. The word of the Lord is pleasing, straightforward, proper. So we know that what God is saying, his word is correct. It is straightforward. It is proper. It is righteous. It is pleasing. Um, when we do what God's word says. When we trust in what he says, we are doing what we were created to do. We were created to live um, the way that God made us to live. And it wasn't until we didn't do that, um, that sin and disease and death and all these different things entered the world. The next word I wanted to look up was truth. So that second half of the verse says, and all his works are done in truth. And so I looked up um, uh, the word truth, and it is called emunah, emunah, I think that's how you say it. Um, And it is also translated as faithfulness, truth, faithfully, 
um, stability, steady. And the outline of biblical usage here, or how it's used in the other areas of the Bible, is firmness, fidelity, steadfastness, and steadiness. And um, fidelity is faithfulness to one person, which is us, his people. And so enter that in there. You know, his all his works are done in fidelity. All his works are done, um, and if you look up the definition of fidelity, that um, faithfulness and um, covenant with another person, he's faithful to us. All his works are done in faithfulness to us. All his works are done um, steadily. It's It brings new meaning to the verse, and it allows us to really understand what God is saying in his word. So remember that as we go through these next um, passages of scripture, remember that God's word for the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in, in truth. All is done in fidelity towards us. And so um, talking about trusting God when we don't understand and when things are going on around us and we don't understand and, and having the idea that God has a will to make us more like Jesus and that his word is right, that his word is true, that his word is faithful and that everything that he does is done from a place of faithfulness. We can then look at scripture and see what it has to say about our lives and about how God works and about who he is and about us. And one of the uh, biggest verses that I love to talk about, and sometimes it's taken out of context, but when you come from um, the place that we just kind of established, uh, Romans eight twenty eight is super important. And it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have called, uh, who have been called according to his purpose. So knowing what we just established, we can say faithfully and truthfully that God is working all of these things that we don't understand for our good and for his glory, because he has a purpose. He has, um, a faithful covenant that he's carrying out in our lives when we've entrusted ourselves to the Lord. And then Isaiah 55, 8 and 11, this is probably one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So knowing that God's word is true, knowing that he is faithful, we can take a step back and say, Lord, your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I don't understand what's going on right now, but I know, God, that you are so much greater and grander and you are sovereign and you are good. And I can trust what your word says. He says that he's comparing his word to rain and snow. And he says that the rain comes down and waters the earth and makes it bud and flourish. And we can trust that God's word is going to do the same thing because God says, so is my word that comes out of my mouth. It comes down and accomplishes what the Lord puts out for it to accomplish. And it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, making the earth bud and flourish. God's word comes out to us, making us bud and flourish, so that we yield seeds to place and plant in other people's lives, yield fruit and bread for the eater. We yield things 
um, to give back to the Lord these gifts and these um, fruits and all these different things that come out. And that's what the word of the Lord does. That is what God's presence does in our lives. And we know that these things that are happening are all for God's purpose for which he sent it. And um, connecting that to kind of what we want to do. Sometimes we want to, you know, take control. And like I, the first point I said is relinquish control and allow God to work. And we want to be in control. We want to control the outcome. We want to um, play out what we think should happen. But Proverbs 19.21 says that many are the plans of a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. And in light of what Isaiah 55, 8 and 11 says, we know that God's purpose is so much better than what we could come up with ourselves because God's purpose is to go out to make us bud and flourish and yield seed and bread and... Um, to bring glory to God. Like it's so good and to bring good to those around us and um, to become more like Jesus. And so in all these things, in all of what God says, we know that because what 2 Corinthians one twenty says that no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Through what Jesus is doing in us, all of these things that he tells us, which we're going to go into right now, um, are yes And we can say amen and trust that God is at work. And we can trust that it's for our good and for his glory because his thoughts are higher than ours, because he promises to uh, work for the good of those who love him, all things. And so keeping all of that in mind, I really wanted to build a foundation of what God's word says about, about his word and about what he does. What does God promise? There's a lot of them. I only have about six of them that I really wanted to talk about, but keep all of what we just discussed in mind, okay? And now let's go through those promises. The first one is that he is working all things for our good and his glory according to his divine and eternal purpose, which we talked about in Romans 8, 28. The second is that he will give us peace in the midst of trials and troubles, We can go to Isaiah 26 that says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. When we trust in the Lord, when we go to his word, when we put our faith in what he says and not what we see, when we walk by faith and not by sight, when we give our struggles to trust the Lord to him and we ask him to help us, it says in Isaiah 26, 3, that he will keep us in perfect peace. Then we can go to Deuteronomy 31.8. It says the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. God promises to be with us, to never leave us nor forsake us. And that we can give up our fears and give up our discouragements and trust that God is going to keep us in perfect peace like Isaiah 26.3 said. The next promise is that he will teach us and guide us. Psalm 32, 8 says that I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. God tells us even in another part of scripture, and I didn't keep this one down or write this one down, but he says that he will tell us to go. He'll tell us which way to go, whether to the left or to the right. We'll hear a voice behind us telling us, and that is the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. Then, um, then John 1426 says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. And even in other um, translations, it talks about, or it says, he will lead you into all truth. 
And um, so that is a promise that he will teach us and guide us. Then the next one is that God will give us rest and strengthen us in our weakness. And there's a lot of verses that talk about weaknesses and resting, um, but I just picked out a few for us. And the first one is one that I'm sure you've heard before, is Matthew 11:28 and 29. Come to me, all you, are who, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And that goes back to the Lord teaching us. He will teach us how to come to him. He will teach us how to trust him. He will teach us how to rest in the Lord. All we need to do is come to him, as Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29 says. The next verse that we can go to is 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. We can trust that the Lord in the midst of our weaknesses is going to come in for his glory, as we talked about, and our good, so that we don't have to carry the weight of trying to figure out how to make up for our shortcomings. We just give it to the Lord and his strength is magnified and our weakness is diminished and God is glorified and we can make it through difficulty. The last verse for this promise is Isaiah forty twenty nine. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. It's like God is the same. It says that he's the same. He never changes. Jesus is the same to yesterday, today, and forever. And Isaiah 40, 29 perfectly goes together with what Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. That God is going to give strength to the weary, increase the power of the weak because of his power that's at work within us. The next promise is that his love for you is unfailing, eternal, and powerful. And this one, I really wanted you to understand and to drive home because when we live our lives from the place of knowing and truly believing that we are loved by God, you will notice and come to a place where insecurities are starting to diminish, where people-pleasing tendencies are going to start to diminish, where you are really going to sit and rest and knowing that God loves you. Isaiah 54 10 says, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. When we go through difficult things, when we go through things we don't understand, just as this is saying, the mountains are being shaken, the hills are being removed, crazy things are being happening, the Lord who has compassion on you is saying that my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. And my covenant will not be removed. We can trust that. Romans 5, 8 says that, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ went to the cross in the midst of our sin and said, I love you and I'm going to make a way for us to be reconciled. And I'm going to make a way for us to be brought back together so that you can be freed from your sin, your shame, your guilt, and all of your shortcomings. The next verse is Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love for you is unfailing, eternal, and powerful. Then 
this one isn't a specific verse, but if you go through the Psalms, the unfailing love of the Lord is talked about so many times. David and the other writers of the Psalms towards the end are really trying to hit the point of, through the power of the Holy Spirit, of course, that God's love for you is unfailing, reminding ourselves of that truth and living from a place of being loved by God is a game changer. Just in the Psalms alone, God's unfailing love is talked about 240 times. That's a lot of times. Last but not least, and there are so many other promises in his word, but that God is coming back for you to eternally restore you from pain, suffering, sin, and death. All the things that we go to, that we go through, are temporary. They are not forever. They will end. And we know that what is going to take place later is going to be so much greater because we will be in the presence of our creator, the presence of our savior, living the life that God had originally intended us to live in fellowship with him for all of eternity. And Jesus says in John 14, one through four, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms, and if it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the place to where I'm going. We can trust that what we go through does not compare to what the Lord has in store for us on the other side. And so we can trust and know that it will all be okay. And of course, all of this is easier said than done, but glory be to God because his promises remain true. I'm sure you can think over the course of your life and you can look and see God being faithful and you can look into the lives of those around you and you can see how God has moved, even if it's in the tiniest way, but to bring him glory and to bring you good and to bring good to those around you. Just think about Joseph in the Old Testament. He was sold into slavery, imprisoned, falsely accused, neglected by most of his family. But God did a work in his life. And in Genesis 50, 20, Joseph said about his brothers doing what they did to him. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So, We know that all the things that happen to us in light of this verse, other people, ourselves, or the enemy, or just the world in general, may have intended for harm to come from it. Or harm might have come from a certain circumstance. But God intended it for good. God allowed it to happen for the good of your soul, for the good of those around you who are watching and for the glory of God to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. God uses what we go through to not only draw us near to him, but to bring about the saving of souls when we share our testimonies and live out our faith so others can see God at work in us. There is so much that happens when we allow God to work, when we rest on his promises, when we don't understand, and when we give up control and trust that God is working in all the areas of our lives. In the small, small details of, hey, Lord, I really need help paying this bill, to, Lord, I have no idea where I'm going to eat my next meal, to, Lord, I really want to get married, or, Lord, my friend is battling cancer, whatever the case may be, God is at work, and we can trust that he is faithful 
that he is trustworthy, that his word is good, that what he says is so much better than what we can think of. Ephesians 3.20 says that God, glory to God, glory to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than all we ask or imagine according to his work in our lives. So I want to leave you with that. Trust the Lord. Spend time with him. Allow him to change your heart and your mind um, regarding what you're going through and allow him to give you peace. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to to hold on so tightly in control. Just trust that in the good, the bad, and the monotonous parts of life, that he's at work, that it's for your good, for his glory, and that good will take place. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Sorry it was a little choppy. I don't normally use notes, and there's some notes here. And I really wanted to prepare. I felt the Lord was just pouring out all this preparation. Um, And so it was a little choppy, but that's okay. Glory be to the Lord. He is good. If you need anything, please reach out to me and uh, look forward to next week because we will have a very special testimony being shared. And then the week after is when the mental health series begins. So thank you so much. And I will see you guys on the next one.